David Eichholt, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, here doing instant reaction on the news that Iowa starting running back Tyler Goodson is opting out of the Citrus Bowl against Kentucky and has officially declared for the 2022 draft. Now, Sean, we began to hear rumblings about this, I think, a couple of days ago. Uh, we knew that it was kind of 50-50, could go either way, but we both know running backs have a short shelf life in the NFL uh, it's not a really totally out of left field decision, but I think there's a lot of different ways for Iowa to go uh, into the bowl game. But let's start with the news of Tyler Goodson re- uh, opting out. Instant reaction from you, Sean. Me, it's not really surprising, and uh, it's very interesting what uh, what doors can open for Iowa going forward. But without a doubt, a huge, huge loss, not just for the bowl game, but for the 2022 season. Yeah, um, I think we really started to see that NFL draft buzz with Goodson starting last year when, or, you know, when he was all big 10 first team. And then, you know, at the beginning of the season, when my couple, my Mel Kuyper jr. From ESPN came out with his position rankings and he had Goodson at number four overall, which I thought was pretty intriguing. I know he was coming off a good year and, you know, a lot of people expected him to take that bigger workload into this season. And, you know, he did that, but it wasn't as clean as, you know, people thought he, it would be, you know, we saw that one play, against Indiana where he ran for that 50 plus yard touchdown we were kind of like okay this is going to be this is going to be Tyler Goodson's year but you know you never really saw that consistency throughout throughout the season and you know I think there's a spot for him in the NFL I think a player with his athleticism and his skill set and his speed especially on third downs could be a real asset you see these all-purpose type backs that I think Goodson truly is I know he's a better runner than he is uh threat in the in the air attack but I think what he brings to the table with his speed and, you know, his playmaking ability once he gets into the open field and, you know, we've seen him add strength throughout his career. We've seen him yeah. able to run guys over. Now we didn't see as much this year, but, you know, there's there's proof of it. Um, I think he can carve out a role somewhere. Where where will that be? I, I don't really know. But I think when you're talking NFL draft stock, you got to I don't think this is a particularly strong running back class. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's a spot for I think if this is the year for Goodson to go, then this this could be it. But, you know, I, I don't disagree with the move. I know there are a lot of people that were critical of it because of the year that Goodson had. But I think in reality, you look at it, it's it's a smart move. I mean, last year probably would have been the preferred time to go. Obviously, couldn't because that was his second year. But, yeah. you know, I think this was this was the right time for him for him to go. I know it stinks for a lot of people because, you know, he could have maybe increase his stock a little bit in the bowl game and obviously giving Iowa some aid, but you know, that's just not how things work nowadays. Yeah. Like you said, it's the new generation whether it be for good or bad, but Sean, I think a couple of things to keep in mind too, is when you look at Goodson's skill set, there's a couple of things I think will have to change when he gets to that next level. Obviously we'll have a lot of time to talk about this, but I think it's important to hit on this quick. You, you can't really dance around the backfield in the NFL. You have to hit, see the hole and you got to hit it. And I think that's going to be a big point of emphasis for Goodson going forward. I think, you know, like you said, I think his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and even line out wide, I think that gives him a little bit of versatility at that next level as well. I think that will be something that's big for him. But you talk about guys that the NFL combine is going to be huge for, it's Tyler Goodson. And I think that that's really is what's going to separate him from, you know, I don't want to say going undrafted. I think that is a possibility. But like you said, I think it's not a particularly strong year. Uh, and we've seen over the years, Sean, that the mock drafts don't always have it right. I mean, Goodson could be a, a seventh round pick by mock drafts, but then they talk to the NFL circles. 
Maybe they see him as a four, third or fourth round guy. And if Goodson with a good combine and a good pro day, and if he can run a sub four, four or so in the 40 yard dash, that could be re- really big for him. So, I, I, and again, I, I like Tyler Goodson. I think that he can make an impact to the next level. I think it's a good move again with the shelf life, of the NFL, go get the generation changing money with how hard Tyler's worked. He's been a good ambassador for the university of Iowa, beloved by the fan base, beloved by his teammates and his coaches really ever since he stepped on campus. And I think you look at, you know, what he did as a voice for change in the Iowa program during the, you know, stuff of 2020 with the racial disparity allegations, how much of a vocal leader he was to the program at that point. I think that needs to be emphasized as well. Uh, but Sean, we got plenty of time to talk about Tyler. Let's move forward to where does Iowa go from here? I mean, Kentucky is no joke of a team. Uh, that's going to be a fun matchup with Kirk Ferentz against Bob Stoops. I think the number one guy right now is Gavin Williams, the uh, redshirt freshman who I think is fresh off a career high 12 carries and a career high 56 yards uh, in Iowa's final game against Nebraska. I think he brings a different dynamic. Maybe we see a little bit of LaShawn Williams in the fold, but Sean, let's go just for the bowl game. And then we can dive into a little bit of next year. Uh, Gavin Williams has to be the number one guy now, right? I expect him to maybe get 18 and 20 carries, but you know, it, it, I'm very interested to see what Brian and company draw up. Yeah. Cause at the beginning of the year, you would have expected Ivory Kelly Martin to be the number two guy. And obviously with the, with the issues he had this year with holding on to the football, I thought he really looked explosive out of the backfield and really gave Iowa that, you know, that I know they're him and Goodson are pretty similar in how they play, but I thought he gave good bursts out of the backfield. I thought he had a quick first step. I thought he read, read the gaps really well and, you know, was able to read where the blockers were and did a pretty good job of that. It just came down to holding, holding on to the football. And that's the most important, most important part. And, you know, he struggled with injuries this year as well. Um, been nicked up a couple of times and, uh, you know, I'm really interested to see what his status is for the bowl game. I haven't really heard anything in particular about it. Just know that he's been he's been dealing with some stuff uh, injury wise. So, yeah, I mean, I think Goodson, I think Williams is the number one back right now. I mean, in an ideal world, he's number two and you have Ivory Kelly Martin up there considering if he's healthy and, you know, he can hold on to the football. But I think when you talk about where I was at right now, with the running back room, you know, I think you have to put Williams there, but I also think LaShawn Williams could be a guy, you know, you will see how bowl prep goes, but you know, Lodell Betts talked really high of him. Kirk Ferentz talked really high of him as well too throughout, you know, the off season and thought he did a really good job of, you know, making, making his mark up there at Iowa in the running back room. Talk about what we saw. I know it's the fall scrimmage, Sean, but remember he was a standout guy and won the fall scrimmages. And even in the spring, I mean, this is a guy that, really show he didn't have the breakaway speed but he was shifty uh shifty in the trenches broke some tackles did some really nice stuff as well but no looking ahead to next year sean obviously there's gonna be new commits signed officially next week i mean i think the first guy that jumps off the page especially with goodson being gone he's not an early enrollee but caleb johnson is physically built to be a big 10 running back already i mean he's among the strongest guys coming in i mean obviously aaron graves has been he, he's a freak of nature at, on defensive line. And Kane Crawford, I think, has had a really strong senior year as well, and he's made gains in the weight room as well. But Caleb Johnson really looks like he is a perfect mold to fit Iowa's running back system. And, you know, again, I, I like LaShawn. I like Gavin. But Caleb, really, if he can get the playbook under him when he gets on campus in the summertime, Sean, 
it might be a Tyler Goodson situation where he could be too good to keep off the field. Because again, I think it's a perfect scheme versus talent fit uh, for both those guys. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think Alan True, I'm going to read off what he said during his evaluation when Johnson committed to Iowa back into October. So it's Iowa might be stereotyped as a power running team, but Tyler Goodson, not traditional Big Ten hammer of a back, has thrived in their system. Johnson is a slasher who can run between the tackles, but can break outside and be in a breakaway threat. He has better play speed than time speed. On his film, he shows some elusiveness and subtleties in being able to make defenders miss. You don't see a ton of him just running through defenders, which leads us to further believe, as mentioned above, that he will be an all-around back more so than a bulldozer, his listed size might imply. That's a really good combination. If you have a guy that can beat out guys and you know run you know run around them and you know just use their speed to outrun them like and have a johnson size so he's capable of also running over guys like that's a really positive trace to have especially in a system like iowa where you know we saw tyler goodson more effective this year when he would run through guys and obviously you know the offensive line had its issues depending on which side you you look at but you know, when Goodson was at his best, he was going through guys as opposed to, you know, he had a couple of times where he could run around guys and that's what Johnson can do as well. But yeah, I mean, he, he's got, he's got capabilities of, you know, being potentially a guy that could, you know, make an impact in year one. Maybe, you know, he goes the Goodson route where he doesn't play right away, but he could get, he could get a couple carries like, you know, second or third game in fourth game in, I also think LaShawn Williams, we're kind of sleeping on him a little bit because I think he has the capabilities of being a really good back as well. He's been pretty patient back there um, along with Gavin Williams. Obviously, Gavin's played a little bit more. But, you know, Liddell Betts talked really highly of of LaShawn throughout the summer, and Kirk did as well. I think he said he was one of the guys that seemed to really raise his stock as the spring and summer went on, which is really encouraging to hear because he kind of figured that at one point – Goodson would be gone, you know, maybe not after this year, but especially next year. But, you know, I think a lot of people had a hunch that this would be the final year for Goodson. So getting LaShawn, getting the Williams uh, duo back there would be big. But I also think, you know, Ivory Kelly Martin could have a shot if he decides to stay. But um, Caleb Johnson, I'd keep an eye on him as well. Yeah, no, I agree with what you said, too. And, you know, something else that we need to talk about, too, two things. One, I think a big thing that impacted Goodson's decision is, I mean, Goodson had a fantastic November. I mean, it was probably the best four-game stretch of his career. He didn't score a lot of touchdowns necessarily, but he was getting a lot of yards. The offensive line was starting to really string it together. And Goodson's earlier season issues, like dancing around the backfield, uh, he was really, I thought, going through the openings well. I thought he was moving his feet. He was going through guys. He was doing just a variety of different things in the run game. And I think that's been big. And, again, I think Iowa going from that outside zone and – Looking a little bit more on the inside zone. I think that was a really big deal in November as well. But, Sean, you talk about guys going forward next year. Something, Two things we need to keep in mind is, is Iowa going to make any changes offensively? I'm not talking about coaching staff-wise. I'm talking about how are they going to play? Because after this past year of offense, it's kind of inex- it's inexcusable not to try to make any changes or try to do some different things. So I'm curious what happens there. Second of all, how good's Iowa's offensive line going to be? Because obviously you're not the most talented back, but if you don't have those openings or that good, or at least a formidable front, it doesn't matter who's in the backfield. It's not going to be all to pan out. But, you know, assuming Tyler Linderbaum's gone, we have not heard anything about that, but assuming he's gone, you throw another guy in at center. 
Uh, maybe Mason Richmond continues on his trajectory. Connor Colby, who I thought had a really good first year, uh, especially being thrown in the fire. You get guys there. If they can really make a move up next year, Iowa might not have that big dynamic back like Goodson, but the running game might be more consistent if they have a strong front. And I think that will be something to watch for as well. Yeah. And I also think Goodson not deciding to come back for next year, you know, partly played on his stock, maybe not being as high and, you know, wanting to get out now. Um, But also like the offensive line, maybe there are some concerns about the offensive line. I think it'll be fine in due time, but you know, it's a rightful, it's a rightful thing to be worried about, especially with how it played this year. And I know that sounds, that sounds critical, but you know, there were, there were moments that, you know, the offensive line maybe, you know, took away some of his play and, you know, that's going to happen. And, you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of people point this out on Twitter as well. Um, I know some of the guys from the washed up walk-ons did, you know, we talked about the offensive line and some of the issues had this, they had this year. There were also plenty of runs where Goodson had the negative, where it hit the, he had negative plays that he was one or that there was maybe one or two blocks from breaking off a big run. Yeah. And yeah. we saw it so many times early in Goodson's career too, where he was one or two shoestring tackles away from breaking off for a big touchdown. And, you know, it's football, it's a game of inches, you know, obviously, you know, those negative plays are brought into light, but you know, one or two plays here or there could have been the difference in, you know, his season and obviously what, what, uh, what his stock could be. Two things can remain true at the same time, Sean, even though it doesn't sound like it. One, Tyler Goodson can be a diehard, proud Hawkeye football player, have all the belief and trust in his teammates, but at the same time not want to come back and risk that seven-digit paycheck for improvement. And I think that's entirely his right, especially since I think a lot of people know, but you and I specifically know as well how much work he's put in in the offseason and how focused he has been on trying to become an NFL caliber back. I mean, he, I don't blame him for doing what he's doing. And I don't think anybody should either, especially with the way he's kind of carried himself uh, throughout the program here. But I will say this something I meant to bring up earlier about his NFL future, Sean. If he wants to be never down back, he's got to be able to learn how to pick up blitzes. Run block, uh, pass blocking is going to be a huge, huge, huge deal to him. Now, maybe, you know, in the NFL, they, they can, there can only be sets where they want him to run a wheel route out of the backfield and he won't be thrust into those situations where he has to block a Micah Parsons or block blitzers coming down the middle. But if you want to be an every down all around back, the NFL, you have to be able to learn to do that. And I think that's going to be the big point of emphasis for Goodson going forward. So I think plenty of storylines keeping track. Uh, I'm very interested to see what Kirk says next time we talk to him. Kirk obviously had glowing things to say about Tyler after he announced it, Uh, but we have plenty more content discussing Goodson's departure and everything else at HawkeyeInsider.com. Uh, for the next couple of days, we have 50% off an annual subscription. And with all of our signing day coverage, you are not going to want to miss it. We had 10 pieces of content on five-star safety, Xavier Wampa's commitment to the University of Iowa. Uh, great job by Sean covering that in person and our entire 24-7 sports team uh, for getting the job done there. But 50% off uh, monthly users, you are eligible to upgrade for the for the uh, 50% off rate. So be sure to go to HawkeyeInsider.com for that. But uh, for David Eicholt, Sean Bach, be sure to follow us on Twitter at David Eicholt, at SBach247, at Hawkeyes on 247. And we'll be back to talk to you soon, especially with signing day coming up right around the corner. So again, stay tuned, HawkeyeInsider.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.